Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Well, welcome everyone. Um, we've got a teaching moments program, if you couldn't tell by the plant here, the new logo. Um, this today, Anju uh, found an, a really juicy topic that I think is going to be a great material for us to be inspired by, to work with in this class, to work with for the week to come. Um, so she's gonna kick it off. Uh, if you don't know, I'm just looking around. If you don't know Anju, she's been in the Sangha for a decade, Anju, about, feels like about a decade. She started out here doing her yoga teacher training at Konalani and really just fell in love with the practice, went home and kept up with it and just grew organically into um, a Sangha member that is now presenting you know, to you tonight. And um, she's just a really kind soul, always very supportive, full of love, full of heart, lives up in Canada. She knows she knows how to work outside too. So she's really got it all. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Anju and uh, then we'll, I'll have a few remarks after that. And then we'll um, do our usual meditate pre write discussion time. So I'll spotlight you Anju. Thank you so much, Satyam. And yeah, I've had the pleasure of working on this presentation with Satya, which has been um, fun. I'm going to use the word fun. <laughs> but uh, tonight we are diving into everybody's favorite topic of resistance, which is, you know, not always the easiest thing for us to contend with as yogis, but very much an integral part of our journey. Um, so I'm just going to share my screen here. All right. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about finding our seat through resistance. And I was just going to start off by saying when Satyam reached out, you know, to um, those of us who are kind of part of the philosophy program to, to look for a presenter, I was, um, I read the email um, while I was laying on the couch under like three blankets dealing with COVID. And it was my second time dealing with COVID and I've had long COVID since I contracted it the first time. So I've been dealing with a lot of resistance, you know, physically in the form of that. And I'm super fortunate, you know, not to be in the hospital or anything serious, but it comes with lots of kind of mysterious and, you know, interesting physical, cognitive, mental, emotional kind of resistance with it. And so my initial response was sort of like, I'm not going to do this. And then this little spark kind of kicked up in me and was like, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to be missing on this opportunity to really explore what you're experiencing. Um, and, you know, I really realized that actually taking on doing a presentation at a time when I wasn't feeling well and was dealing with some, some tougher challenges um, might actually be the thing that I need to help me get through those challenges. And so that is sort of how we landed here in finding our seat through resistance. And, you know, our resistance, our tensions, our obstacles, they can be really subtle to the point where we're not even totally sure if we're up against something, or they can be really forceful, right? Like they can kind of rock us um, and our lives. And it's not always as easy to tell when it's that subtle, but, you know, regardless of the force of it, it's kind of universal. And it's something that we all encounter um, on our spiritual path that, you know, helps us grow and helps us evolve as yogis. And for me, I can really tell that resistance is building when I sort of start to get these sensations or like emotions of like, irritability, you know, I feel like my rope is shrinking. Um, I tend to feel isolated, like I'm the only one going through this and it's overwhelming and I'm not sure what to do. And so now I kind of know when those sorts of feelings are starting to arise in me that like, hey, wait a minute, I might be running into something here that I need to work with. And I have this quote here from Babaji that is um, from spiritual practice. 
And he said that there were times in my past when the last thing in the world I wanted to do was to drag myself into my meditation room and practice. I sometimes thought that I would rather go to sleep or jump off a building or step in front of a cement truck. Truly, my resistance was that great. However, I have a very strong work ethic. When I made a commitment to do something, I did it. Meditating on a regular basis builds a reservoir of energy that over time prevents you from being distracted from your commitment or your goal. And this quote, when I read it, really resonated with me because I was feeling this type of really big physical, emotional, mental resistance coming into my practice. I'd show up to my cushion, but it didn't really feel like I was here because there was so much sort of pulling at me and distracting me. And so I kind of felt like I was showing up, you know, and instead of sort of emptying myself, I was actually like bringing all of my stuff with me into my room and on to the cushion. And so I didn't feel necessarily super productive in my practice. And the thing about when I read this is that it, it really made me realize that I'm not alone, right? So one of the ways my resistance sort of shows up is this like isolating feeling. And this reminded me how universal this experience really is and that it's normal to encounter resistance as we're going through our spiritual life and as we're growing as yogis. And so through this kind of process over the last couple of months, I've been trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get from showing up to my cushion, with all my garbage bags full of stuff around me, to a place where I'm showing up and I've been able to put those garbage bags down? So what is my process to get from, you know, this big resistance that, you know, really can feel like you're right in front of a cement truck to, you know, I've got tools, I've got resources. I can put some of this down so that I can be a little bit more productive as a yogi. And one of the things that I have noticed for me is that when I'm in a heightened state of resistance, um, it kind of leads to this feeling of overstimulation. And so part of me has to withdraw a little bit. And so I sort of feel like my senses are on overload. It's almost kind of like having an internal like fire alarm system you know it's like the sprinklers are going off there's an alarm going there's smoke there's all this stuff happening but really none of that is going on right like the response to that is happening but it's kind of an overreaction to the resistance that I'm sort of facing and my body kind of goes into hyperdrive and so in order to move past that moment of hyperdrive I need to acknowledge like aha I'm in this moment of resistance and in order to move through this and really recognize that this isn't who I am, you know, I'm not my resistance, um, I need to move into a space of gentle action. And so what really resonated with me as I kind of like move from that space of sort of like hyper reactivity, um, you know, and really check in with myself is the practice of Pratyahara. So in um, Panjali's Yoga Sutra 2.54, we learn about sort of those eight limbs of yoga and this particular limb, which is Pratyahara and the practice of following the senses inward, back to their source in the self, it is the natural function of the faculty of thinking to turn inside rather than to associate itself with outer objects. So instead of just reacting to everything that's sort of overwhelming my senses or just you know like when you're sick and it's like light hurts and like sounds just feel more piercing all those kinds of things that seem to sort of overstimulate the senses I can actually turn my attention inwards and like nurture myself and actually do some self-care and have self-compassion and just be like okay well, what do I need to do to sort of change that and in order to get to this place where I can like really turn inside, find when my resistance is like that ballooned out, that it's hard to follow my breath because my breath might not be working very well because I'm congested or there's other things going on. Um, can be hard to repeat a mantra because maybe you've got like a headache or you're in pain and it just doesn't seem to be kind of cutting through. And so what I really started to uncover with myself in order to get to this place of Pratyahara is, um, oops, sorry, is to move into physical action. 
And for me, that's been Hatha Yoga. And in A Seat by the Fire, Babaji says that Hatha Yoga, sorry, I'm gonna move some things around here. Hatha Yoga um, helps you bring your awareness inside. So exactly what we were just talking about. It helps you reach that state of Pratyahara. It helps you gain control over the force of energy in your body. It teaches you to feel the pranic forces moving through your body and to feel the effect this flow has on your nervous system. As you become more attuned to your nervous system through the correct use of breath, motion, and posture, you start to discover that there are energy centers known as chakras that are connected to your nervous system. The chakras hold information from your past lives, information about the present life, information about diseases that may manifest at some point, as well as information about the imbalances you suffer from on an emotional, physical, and mental level. Hatha yoga is a very powerful tool for inner development. And instinctively, when I sort of like had this aha moment that actually, you know, turning to my mat in order to get to my cushion um, was sort of that stepping stone I needed to move through my resistance. It seems sort of like, oh, this is probably really obvious. But I realized for myself with so much of my focus being on my meditative practice that my Hatha yoga practice has almost kind of become subsidiary and returning to it in a place of resistance has been so helpful to really help me calm down my nervous system, which is my way of kind of putting down those garbage bags and not bringing them with me into, you know, my meditation space. If I can actually physically ground myself in my body, um, doing Hatha yoga, it makes a big difference in the quality of my practice. And it makes a big difference to be able to sort of like step into myself, starting at that like external physical level, but also all the energetic stuff that comes with doing that type of a practice, by bringing in that breath work, by turning my attention inward. I don't really have a choice but to be really present in my, in my body and then, you know, present in myself. And so, you know, that gentle action, literally gentle physical action through Hatha Yoga for me has really helped draw those senses inside and open a pathway to kind of, you know, get bigger than my resistance on these deeper levels. And so it doesn't mean my resistance just magically <laughs> disappears. It might still be there, but it's not necessarily in the driver's seat anymore in control. And so Hatha yoga really does allow our nervous system to just sort of like calm down. So, you know, if I come back to that analogy of, you know, the, the fire alarm and sprinklers and everything going off, like we can turn those down, make sure they're still functioning because they serve an important function so that if there is a fire, they can work, but they don't need to react when there isn't actually something to react to. And when I feel my way into myself through my practice, I really don't have a choice but to be super present because I have to really like break down, follow sensation. And it forces me to be in the moment. And in doing that, my resistance becomes smaller. And I realize that I'm so much larger than whatever these sensations that have tried to take control of me physically, mentally, emotionally are. And it gives me something to root into. And so it's been really fun to come back to sort of the path that brought me to yoga in the first place. And I think for a lot of us, it has, you know, through a Hatha yoga practice, we sort of find your way to the depth of, of what yoga is beyond that. Um, but to reconnect with it and realize how valuable it is um, as I continue to grow as a yogi too, as that practice is changing and growing. And I had the good fortune um, last year to take the resilience yoga teacher training with Abhaya and Satya. And it was super helpful in helping me feel calm, you know, slowing down in my body and really feeling my way through and finding my way to my mat, making it much more productive for me when I get to my cushion um, or when I'm getting into my life. And it's always lovely when I can do a full, you know, hour and a half, half a yoga class. But sometimes, you know, if you're going through some physical stuff, um, you might not have that energy level, or you just might not have time when that aha moment comes of I'm in resistance and you're like, I've got five minutes, <laughs> what can I do? And I found it really helpful to just do simple movements, bring in some Hatha yoga of just, you know, cat cow, 
or Seti Bandhasarangasana, rolling through the spine, feeling every vertebrae, feeling my hands pawing out on the mat, and really getting centered in my body um, to find my way through that resistance. And on that note, I will hand it back over to Satya. I'm going to stop sharing my screen if I can figure out how to do that. Anju, thank you so much. I am actually going to really just try to um, touch on some points that Anju already mentioned. I'm almost just going to just try to like elaborate a little bit and, and offer what I can in the same direction. So that hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get to some free writing and some discussion. I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah. She's going to after this. Oh, cool. So the what really struck me about Anju's um, perspective and approach to resistance, hold on, let me just go ahead and, and help you out. Oh, you got it, cool, cool. And then I will do that and then I will do this. Anju's uh, approach to resistance, what really struck me um, was her term gentle action, gentle action. Um, I thought that was just an incredible way of describing the way that we need to move physically in order to actually work with surrender, to actually move like on our mat with surrender, I think gentle action was just a a, a great, a wonderful phrase. And in fact, I quoted, oh, where is that? Oh, hold on one second. Um, I quoted her, but it didn't show up. Um, interesting. Give me one second. I'm just going to drop my slides on. Well, anyway, I have it written right here. She said, um, resistance, yeah, it's not you. <laughs> I can move into a place of gentle action. She said, we can't just jump from a force field of resistance on our cushion and then just find meditation. And um, she said, we have to take baby steps, uh, putting one foot in front of the other, walking ourselves through it. And the big takeaway for me on using yoga to work through resistance is that really this is uh, this is like the focal point of our whole practice over the last um, five years? There's just been this huge shift uh, with our ability to use our practice more skillfully, to not have it be so much about putting ourselves into shapes, but rather to be realizing that the pathway of those shapes is is the time when you're actually going to burn up that resistance, when you're actually going to move through some things. I'll tell you, while we were working on this presentation, I apologize for not being able to look at the screen while I'm doing this. Um, while we were working on this presentation, I had a moment of so much resistance. Um, it was, uh, you know how you just feel like there might not be another side to this, right? Everybody nod their head. You're like, oh yeah, you've been in something where you're like, oh yeah, I might not make it through this one, even though in the back of your mind, you know you will. But you're just like, I don't think I'll ever stop being upset. And um, and I went to a bias yoga class. And this isn't just like a, a plug or something for a bias yoga class, even though, but I'm just saying I went to her class because that's the class I get to go to like a student, like a normal person. And um, at the end, I don't know what happened. I just was able to finally talk like a human being again. I was able to actually like relate and, and I was like, whoa, I wasn't sure how I was going to get out of that one. Um, we really overlook the, the power of, of surrender at the level of the physical body. We're so quick to, to jump to the breath. And that's great. When you, if you can solve it at the level of the breath, there's a reason the Shiva Sutras start with the Shambhava Upaya. If you can solve it there, if you can surrender with less and with less effort, you're supposed to do that. But when you, when you keep hitting that wall and you feel like this is like, still there then you move to the shakti upaya and then finally the anava upaya and be like oh no i want to work at the shambhava upaya and it's like yeah fine you will arrive there when you arrive but there is this untapped potential if you're willing to zoom out relax a little bit and actually start to feel can i move my physical body with surrender and it gives you tactile feedback and the doors that open from that um, are doors that you just couldn't find the key for no matter how long you looked. Um, and so the, the idea of, of starting to really utilize our yoga practice more skillfully to, 
to bring the depth of our meditation practice into it doesn't mean you just lay in Shavasana, although you, you will at the end of class. It doesn't mean you just meditate necessarily in a yoga class, although it leads to that as well. But it's about trying to use each movement as this opportunity to practice with surrender. And um, that's when, you know, the magic happens. And so Anju and I, you know, we're both working with this and we both had these experiences during the course of preparing um, that just sort of showed us that. Um, I am actually going to skip a couple of slides. So you didn't see any of that. All right. And we're going straight to this quote from Babaji that talks about the breath. Okay. Talks about the breath and using it with more surrender. Um, you know, my favorite thing is to have somebody else read the quote because I always talk so much in these classes. Um, Anandama, are you available to read this quote? Great. You can just go for it. Sure. Think of the breath as a vehicle rather than a jackhammer. Often students use the breath too strongly. You will not be using the breath to cut the rock open. Instead, the breath is a vehicle that you are riding on and you are consciously feeling it move through the chakras or at least to experience where they are. For example, when you take a breath in, you can feel the heart chakra. Do not try to tear it, tear and rip it open with willfulness. The breath is like a massage. And as you exhale, you surrender all the negativity that gets kicked up. When students are able to be open and simple with their breath, they realize that watching the breath is not the same as trying to control it. The pranayama within the breath is simply flowing with the breath. Thank you. So just to take a moment with a few of these points, we tend to use tools like a jackhammer. We tend to approach our resistance from the outside in. I'm going to remove this thing from the outside in. It's not as effective as we think. Um, it's comfortable because you're upset and you get to use this tool in an upset way. It, it's, you know, you're like, oh, but it's actually much more effective and a little bit more challenging to actually start to instead um, merge with the tool to use it as a vehicle to ride within it. Um, and he says, the breath is like a massage. Imagine a sore muscle. If you attack a sore muscle with too much willfulness, what happens? The muscle recoils and it doubles down and it contracts harder. We all know it uh, from that friend who's not good at massages. And they're like, oh, let me massage. And you're like, ah, and it's worse. Uh, and then you have the, the friend who is good. And they just have this way of like easing into an action and it just, it melts away. Um, and so when we're using our, our postures or our breath to work with tension in the form of resistance in the case that we're calling it today, we have to be willing to, to really relax and soften and flow with it to almost let ourselves fall apart a little bit, to stop holding it all together. And that's why yoga classes are so um, helpful. They literally give you a place to sort of fall apart physically, just to fall apart, just to like, just to let it all go. And then all the pieces naturally fall into place is what really happens. And you get up from Shavasana and you feel renewed. Um, well, we could, you know, that same capacity is available in our breath when we start to use it uh, more skillfully, Babaji's talking here. And he says here at the bottom, something that I really think pertains a lot to our yoga practice is, is watching the breath is not the same as trying to control it. Think about that for a moment. In your yoga postures, are you controlling your postures? Yeah, a little bit. There's a shape, there's a cue. I get it. There's some control. But if it's only control, is it very effective? And we intuitively know that not really. We sort of know that if I just hold myself in this shape and I just breathe, you know, to a count of whatever, and then move on to the next shape, I sort of just stay the same. But when we start to like feel the effect and, and flow with the postures and the breath, then something can change. 
And so I just thought it was such a, you know, a helpful way to start to look at not only our breath, of course, which is what Babaji's teaching here, but also our, the way that we move, that controlling your movement is not quite what we're after. There's something more subtle. Yes, there is a little control, but there's something more to it. And he finishes by saying that we're really trying to flow with the breath. And I think that really speaks to, you know, our practice on the mat of, of simply flowing with, not against the postures, as Paul Reps once put it, flow with, not against the harmony. And so um, my goal today was to be very um, succinct and short so that we wouldn't, um, so that we would have more time for, for discussion and free writing. And, and Anju is actually going to take it from here. She's going to lead us in a little bit of movement. Uh, and that will segue into a little bit of meditation just to get a taste for what we're talking about. Then we'll have some time for free writing and discussion. And then we'll finish with meditation too. So I'll spotlight her. Thank you so much, Satyam. Yeah, so we're going to do a little bit of moving in philosophy today, but nothing too crazy. We're not pulling out our mats or anything. So you're good, you know, sitting from where you are in a chair. And I'm just going to invite us all to take a little bit of gentle movement and to find our way inside and to, you know, awaken ourselves to those kinds of sensations that our Hatha Yoga practice is able to give us. So finding yourself in a comfortable seat and just noticing um, the parts of you that are connecting, you know, with your seat, with your, your true asana, you know. So um, if you're sitting in a chair, you might feel your feet planted into the floor. If you're sitting on a meditation cushion, you might feel into the sit bones, into the backs of the legs that are maybe resting on the floor, on a cushion. I'm just starting to feel those sensations. As you sort of root down through those parts of you that are helping you find your seat. So feeling a nice firm connection and then allowing the parts of you that aren't rooting down to find some movement. So you might start to draw some circles with your belly button. You're feeling through the sit bones, rolling through those sit bones, imagining like there's a crayon attached to the belly button as you just start to draw some circles. You feel that the spine and the shoulders and your whole upper body may even start to participate in this action. And just kind of start to notice inside for you, what needs to work in order to make those circles happen. So you might really feel through the abdominals, not just in the front, but through the whole core that are firing gently to allow those circles to happen. And you can switch directions, drawing those gentle circles in the opposite way to bring some balance to our movements. And just notice how that feels for you. You might have to slow down a bit to really get a sense of where all the sensation is coming from. Using that prachahara to draw in and find where does this movement start from? And if you feel, you know, like you're coming up over a bit of tension or something, maybe your circle's too big. You need to make it a little smaller, a little smoother. And you can slowly let go of your circles. 
Getting a sense for where your center is, drawing yourself back in. And from wherever your seat is, and gently allow the hands to come up to the heart. And Anjali Mudra in prayer, you just roll through some Robin's breath. Using your inhale and exhale to help you move. Curling through the spine, sending the hands straight out in front of you as you chuck the chin. And noticing where that movement comes from as you open the arms wide, bringing your gaze up towards the ceiling, opening your heart up towards the sky, folding, rolling, one vertebrae at a time, tucking that chin back in, bringing the palms back together in front, and then allowing the hands to come back to the heart. And slower than maybe you're used to doing, just allowing yourself to feel through this movement. Notice how the movement may start from the pelvis and the base of the spine and work its way up to the crown as you gently roll and unroll. Notice the strength that it takes to come from the center come through the arms and the movement that the vertebrae has to make in order to allow for these sensations. The next time your hands make it back to the heart, just pausing there for a moment. And we're going to just roll through that a couple more times, but just noticing for you how you sort of normally move through that. So for me, I usually exhale to curl forward. So this time, I'm going to inhale to curl. And so do the opposite of what you're used to doing. And so if you're like me, that means taking an inhale as you send those arms forward and curl through the spine. And exhale to open up. Just notice how maybe the movement's a little bit different. For me, it actually constricts the movement a little bit. It keeps my core firing a little bit more. And when I do it the way I'm used to doing, and it forces me to be really present in my body because I have to break a pattern that I'm used to following. And as we feel our way with our hands back in front of the heart, you can just let the arms drop to either side. You're welcome to keep the eyes open with a gentle gaze or close the eyes or keep them closed if that's naturally where you've already gone. And just allow yourself to feel in through that seat. Imagine that space of center that your spine kind of hovers and moves around. So even though we're in stillness, there's still this effort to find center. You can feel the breath after we've moved a little bit and sort of notice what the breath does to you physically. how the breath works the body and the body the breath, how they work together. Pulling breath in, releasing and relaxing. Feeling the breath as it moves in. Almost imagine it, your whole body pushing against the waistband of your pants. The whole core engages. And then as you release and sink into your body, into your heart, 
so many little muscles just let go, just naturally surrender. So as we feel these sensations physically, it allows us to get more present with the action of the breath. It helps us to feel grounded, safe, and supported in our bodies. And lets our energy flow to help us find a seat, our true asana in our heart. And just allowing yourself to get comfortable in that seat. Allowing yourself to let go, relax, settle in. If you notice any thoughts or sensations arising, you can bring that awareness back to feeling the breath as it moves physically. To help you stay rooted and grounded in your heart. And expand into the space that's created with each breath. Inviting yourself to stay rooted and comfortable in this space in your heart. Really allowing your awareness to also expand, to feel the sensations in your body. You can Gently open the eyes, taking a soft gaze if they've closed. 
And working from the space of feeling these sensations in your body, inviting yourself to bring movement back in where you're still comfortably rooted in that seat in your heart. And grabbing a notebook or paper and pen if you have it handy or letting yourself move a little if you need to shuffle to get what you need. And letting those sensations then, you know, flow through your dominant hand, through your pen onto the page. And we'll just take a few minutes to write a little bit about our experience, about what it feels like to ground in through your body. And, you know, it can be challenging, it can be freeing, it can be any of those things, but just exploring the sensations that arise by starting at that physical level and really allowing ourselves to, to sink in. And if that helps you in sort of facing any resistance that you might be up against. Apologies, guys, I don't have Satcham's magical on-screen timer, um, so I'll give you guys another few moments, um, and then if, you know, you'd like to sort of finish up your final thought and maybe underline some key phrases or words and put them in the chat, that would be wonderful.
So Satyam, do you want to read out the, um, the stuff in the chat with me? I can start. Yeah, well, oh, let's let a few more show up and then definitely okay. that'll be fun. Yeah, just so. Perfect. Sorry. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Do you have anything? You guys want me to write anything for you? Okay. All right, let's start reading. Go ahead, Kirtan, if you're ready. All right, I'm just gonna move my chat back up there. All right, so moving makes not moving easier. Tangible. Alert and content. Allows baby steps without having to move anywhere. Pauses are part of the flow of thoughts. Just stop. Present. Also nice to have guidance and support of Sangha. Newfound level of energy and peace. Nourished. Comfort in unknown. Feeling centered like the middle of a pinwheel. My mind is calm, a welcome calm, a calm I didn't even realize I needed. I've been using chanting to move through my resistance, but I liked the movement. Float in a pool of awareness. All right, well, we're going with the flow tonight as far as timing. So we've got 10 minutes left um, for a little bit of discussion. I'd love to hear anyone want to elaborate on their comments and uh, let us know. Oh, we have an elaboration right here in the room. Just a moment, let me switch cameras. Well, elaborator. Um, I love yoga so much, so I'm really excited to share. Um, Thursdays, I'm usually really tired in this class. We have a big meal at Faith's house. And then it's just like, I, it's really hard for me to like be able to relax in philosophy and not feel like I'm like going to fall asleep or, you know, lose consciousness. And so it was so amazing how just a really short, simple practice, um, you know, like way less than my mind would say could impact me. Like I felt very calm yet alert. Like it really did get my energy flowing, even though same physical body, same physical state of like digestion. Um, but I felt so different. Um, so I think I need to do this for five minutes before the Gurgita every morning because um, it was, it was really, really profound and, um, I had a, a great sit afterwards. So thanks Anju. Any comments on that Anju? You can go for it. Yeah. Thanks so much Abaya. Um, that echoes so much of what it's like for me and, you know, when I was dealing with like a lot of like physical kind of fluey symptoms, I would get to my cushion and I just wasn't really getting anywhere. You know, I was here <laughs> and I'd stay, but it was like, you know, pulling teeth. And if I took some time to just get really centered in my body, do a little bit of movement and gentle stuff because I wasn't feeling well enough to do like, you know, hard postures or anything. Um, it was, it kind of blew my mind um, how much more centered I felt and how much more productive my time on my cushion was. And I was like, am I the only one who doesn't know this? 
Because <laughs> everybody already have like figured this out and I just like forgot. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's good to know that, you know, we all need those reminders of new ways to come to practices that we're so used to that can be really beneficial to us. And so I'm, it's, it's amazing to hear that from you who is, you know, such an avid Hatha yoga practitioner. Um, you know, that there is ways that, that we can all sort of work with this differently to, to help us um, on and off of our cushion. And I will say, Anju, you recently, you know, did that resilience upper level training. And when you start to put the time, you know, in and you are continuing to meditate and, you know, I mean, it's like those synapses almost just sort of like finally merged a little bit. And you know, the emphasis in those trainings, we have such a heavy emphasis on doing yoga with a meditative focus. It's like every single lecture is like sutras and everything. Like, so I think it, yeah, I think we're all that light bulbs going off for all of us. So no, nobody, we did, we all knew we were supposed to be able to do that, but it's like, we're finally putting them together and it's finally starting to happen. So. Excellent. Yeah. Yogita. Would you like to hear from someone who's hated yoga for 42 years? Wow, <laughs> I, a 42-year hater? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's really changed, though, and I, I really am opening up to it. And before, I always saw it as just an hour and a half of this excruciating pain. But I'm beginning now. I, I'm doing um, Swami Purananda's class, and I'm doing some chair yoga, and I'm actually doing some things I really liked tonight. It was really good. But I have to realize that I start, it, it's not doing the posture. It's feeling and, mm -hmm. and yeah. So I, I, I'm really starting to open up to yoga. <laughs> wow. Yita, it's always so, I love when you share, you really just bring your whole heart to the, to the microphone. Um, yeah, I, I think you just nailed the uh, distinction right there. It's, uh, it's feeling rather than doing. And when we look at that quote from Babaji, it's like, that's exactly what he's trying to say about the breath. Stop pushing and pulling the breath, start feeling the breath and and then like the power of the practice unfolds. Here, Nathar Johnny. I actually came at it a little differently, which was how do I move past the resistance of like, okay, I don't, this is what I do at night and I'm so tired and okay, I don't have like, a bunch of people forcing me to go there. It's just me. And so, and it's something that, that I think I've been doing, but now you've brought it to consciousness and I like really want to embrace the idea, which is like, I don't have to move anywhere. I don't have to go to my meditation room. I can just start with some yoga, like right where I'm at. And it doesn't have to even start with breath or anything, but just do a little bit of movement and yoga and usually then when that happens, I feel like I do want to go and meditate. Mm. And so yeah. I'm really excited and grateful for that little bit of awareness. So thank you. I see you nodding, Andrew. If you want to jump in on that one, go for it. Yeah, I think, you know, Natarajani, that, that touches on something that's so poignant for all of us. You know, we talk about, you know, yoga on and off our cushion, on and off our mat. Um, but actually making that happen is this kind of slow baby step progression. And I think that's exactly what you're doing, right? It's like my meditation doesn't necessarily start when I hit my cushion. You know, I can start to, to use these other elements of my yoga practice to actually get me to my cushion. Um, which I think is really incredible and not, you know, necessarily, I, I hadn't quite created that link yet, but I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's totally what is happening. And so thank you so, so much for articulating it so well. Hmm. Absolutely. Any other comments or questions? Baby, welcome, by the way. Good to see you. Hi. I wanted to say hi to everybody. Um, it's so good to just be sitting with you all tonight. And 
yeah, my follow-up is just um, when I wrote just stop, um, it's just like so easy, like especially in this digital age to like trick myself into thinking I'm like working through something and this goes with my spiritual <laughs> practice, but like it, like, you know, you use these fixes, like, like, you know, being in like law school, like I, it's like, oh, I got to do this like right now. Like I got to fix this right now. And it's like, it's like, I think I can trick myself into thinking that like, if I do more faster, I'm taking care of the problem faster, but exactly what you're saying on you, like I'm much more effective in my practice and in my life when I actually like slow down, but somehow that feels uncomfortable to do because I think it forces me to be more honest with where I'm at. Um, and sometimes I don't like where I'm at. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I really appreciate every, everything that was taught tonight. And here's my cat. Oh, look at that. Oh, cats being with animals really helps us slow down, doesn't it? It does. Gosh, they just like they're like a little portal to a world without time. It's just like you're just like, oh, right. Oh, my God. Here we are. We're just living our life to the fullest on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I, I really feel you there, Davey. I think this uh, what I when I was writing the presentation, I had a moment when I was literally trying to like do what I was writing and stop, like release tension here, release tension there. And like, really like stop trying to hold myself together. And it almost made me want to cry, you know, cause it was just like, things started like sort of falling apart. And I was like, ah, uh, you know, and I was like, whoa, I really am holding myself together here and i was like oh man that's why we meditate and have this time on, on our mats and everything it's a time to let yourself fall apart in a safe way in a skillful way so because it's it's like it's true we're just sort of like holding ourselves together like we got to get this done and for so long and it's like how do we let it all fall apart every now and then and get that that you know, that recharge you know and so i i really feel you there in the sense of tricking myself into thinking like I'm gonna get all this done from the outside in without acknowledging what's going on inside and then because it's like it's true it is it's like getting into a cold shower when you're really hot it's actually it's really good for you and it's simultaneously a little painful you know but nonetheless it's if you can find a way and I think what we're saying here with yoga is it's almost like starting the shower at the temperature you're at and then just turning it a little bit cooler, just trying to help yourself cool down, but like not in a shocking way. And that we find that we actually achieve ah, that cooling sensation instead of the, the like, I'm just going to throw myself into this experience. Then it like uh, recoils on us. Thanks, Davey. Well, you know um, what that sound means. That is the end of our class together, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna just a little, little something about next week here. I'm getting from my producer off screen. Um, we are going to be putting this to the test. I asked Babaji if it'd be all right if we could do a little bit of yoga together and meditate. Um, occasionally on a Thursday night, he said, absolutely, it sounds great. Um, you know, he wants us to learn how to relax. That's like a pretty big thing he keeps telling me uh, about just our practice in general. It's a time for people to just relax. So uh, consciously. So we're going to do that next week together. Um, we're going to actually have Abaya is going to teach a, like a, a yoga class. We're going to have time for a little bit of Shavasana. And then we're going to have a full on full meditation. Um, and then maybe some time for discussion afterwards like this. Um, so I hope you'll join us for it. Um, and um, I think that's it. Anju, thank you so much for your work, bringing this to all of our attention. Way to go. It really helps that too. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks everybody for being here with us. So you ought to be at the same time, same place. All right. See you next week.